football fans, Connor McCarthy here with my co-host as always, Blake Pace, here to talk to you about another week in the NFL. Uh, the league is still recovering from that wild free agency weekend we saw last uh, last week, and there's a lot of big moves. Uh, what do you think, Blake? Yeah, I mean, it certainly it, it was slow on Monday when the whole um, meetings were all taking place, The uh, basically agreeing in principle to sign when all that was happening, but then it Really picked up, uh, I want to say, Tuesday night, Wednesday, and it's it's still, you know, falling through now. We're seeing some teams make some moves in the second wave. Some guys might have been overpaid. I know we talked last week a little about it, that, but, uh, yeah, it's been a nice start, and it's been uh, busy, busy first week of free agency. Well, definitely that. And so what, what episode is this, Blake? Uh, we are on episode 26. 26? Oh, there's a lot of 26s out there. I know some that. good ones. Yeah, and there's one from your was. team. There is one for my team. I thought Bashad Breeland was 26 at one point. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, he, him. Is that, yeah, it's Bashad Breeland. Well, he's yeah. not technically he's on the team. He's technically not right on the team, yeah. He did fail a physical, though, right? Yeah, he failed his physical with Carolina, which made me maybe a little bit of hope that he comes back to us, but yeah. you never know. I mean, he's a pretty talented cornerback. Someone might want to scoop him up, but mm-hmm. I was not disappointed to see that news. Yeah. So, other 26s. Oh. As everybody knows, I struggle with the numbers, so you got some hints for me. I mean, one of the best running backs in football. Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, 26. Yep. Um, this running back was very successful in Miami before moving to Houston. Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller. Um, let's see. This cornerback plays currently for the Tennessee Titans after spending his... Malcolm uh, Butler. Nope. He he nope. spent his but he also sent his spent his first few years with the New England Patriots, interesting enough. So he he was with the Patriots from twenty thirteen oh. to two thousand sixteen. Spent last year with Tennessee. I know you're talking about, but I cannot think of his name right now. We got Logan Ryan. Logan Ryan, that's it. Yep. Oh, um, that's that one. Let's see. Oh, how could I forget? Uh solid defensive back, um, Last season for the L.A. Chargers. Mm, Barrett? Nope. Uh, let's see. Back. Where was he before? He was. He spent some years with the Packers and then spent the last two years with the Chargers. Some years with the Packers. Usually Casey, I'm pretty good at these one. Kate, I'm sorry, who? Casey Hayward. Casey, Hay- why would I not think of Casey Hayward? Mm-hmm. Jeez, that's Had bad. A few solid years with the Chargers. Um, other guys, we'll just go through the rest of the list. We got Mark Barron, uh, Darian Stewart, Tevin Coleman, Daryl Worley, Trey Waynes, uh, Orleans Darkwa, Marcus May, uh, rookie safety for the New York Jets, uh, Shaquille Griffin, um, Clayton Gather- Gathers uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. Let's see. Brandon Williams, PJ Williams. Um, and then let's see. Let's see some all-time greats. Who do we got on the all-time great list? Oh, Rod Woodson. Uh, Raymond oh, Rod Claiborne Woodson. played in the 80s. Antoine Winfield played in the early 2000s till 2012. Yeah. Clinton Portis. Oh, Clinton Portis, number man. 26. Um, man, I miss him. Deuce McAllister. Uh, Lito Shepard. Big Lito Shepard guy for the, uh, let's see, he spent one year with the Jets, spent most of his career in Philadelphia. Um, defensive back. But, yeah, that's our list for 26. Can't forget Le'Veon Bell. Best yeah, run, I, don't, I mean, like, you know, you know. I know, I know. I, I just, 
the numbers in me, it just doesn't oh, yeah. get along. And exactly. once I said best running, one of the best running backs in the league, you got it. Oh, yeah. So I instantly saw twenty six in my mind and immediately felt stupid. So yeah. yeah, let's get into our to- let's get into our topics real quick. Sounds good. So uh, this guy's been circulating a lot ever since uh, Miami dropped him. Dominican Sue, where is he going to end up? I'll let you take this one first, Blake. Yeah, so um, interesting enough, he's met already with the Rams. Um, he met with the Titans, and who's the third team? I can't remember. Saints. The Saints. Saints. He met with the Saints as well, and recently, a couple hours ago, canceled his visit with the Raiders. So yep, uh, was, he's... Yeah, and that was after uh, he met with the Rams. So. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, of those three teams... Um, Certainly, I think if he wants to make the most money, I think the best situation for him is New Orleans or Tennessee. Um, Tennessee, up-and-coming defense. I like the signings they made over the past few years. Um, where he'll end up, I think he's got to be an L.A. guy. I, I think he's got to be with the Rams. I mean, putting him next to Aaron Donald, thats I got to say that's probably the greatest defensive tackle combination in NFL history. I mean, you oh, got yeah. Aaron Donald, the best tackle in the game, and Damakung Sue, I mean... The effort has been questionable the past few years, but is still an unbelievable force in the middle. Definitely one of the top defensive tackles still. You put them together, you put them with that sec- revamped secondary, um, LaMarcus Joyner, that pass rush, that defense ultimately becomes one of the best in football. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely true. Uh, Perry, I'm going to go with the Rams too. I think you should end up there just because... How interesting that'll be to watch. You can't double team both of those guys all the time, so they're just gonna they're gonna wreck everything. I really can't see a single offensive line in the league being able to stop them on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. I mean, Aaron like Aaron Donald has gotten so much hype. Sue used to get the same exact hype that Aaron Donald got when he was first in the league, and that's why he signed the biggest contract ever for a defensive player to go to Miami. And I mean, I, I just I, I could not wait to see that combination if they could sign him. I mean, and the offense the way it is with Sean McVay. I mean, I, I think they're going to be one of the top teams in the league if they can get uh, Iron or Sue to sign with them. Exactly, and that's the one thing that's um, so interesting about the NFC right now is they're, I mean, you look at every team in there except for maybe Arizona. All of them probably have what they consider a franchise quarterback on their roster. Um, so, you know, franchise quarterbacks have a lot of help, you know, in the playoffs, you know, getting your team ready for success. With so many teams, you need other positions to be stacked. And like we saw last year, the Rams defensive front, or the, uh, not the Rams, the Eagles defensive front was huge in them winning that Super Bowl. So now you put Aaron Donald right next to Ndamukong Sue, you know, that's got to put the Rams up as the, you know, if not the second best, then the best team in the NFC at least. And then, you know, we, you know we're talking yeah. a top team in all of football. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and you got Marcus Peters and keeps leaving that secondary now too. So I mean, the Rams are just getting better every day. It seems like, and I really didn't expect this from the Rams to be as aggressive they have been in the offseason after having such a great year last year with the guys that they had and really having a great year. But I mean, they're just adding talent, and I I'm employing at this point. And it's funny that you miss them. The Titans are actually in the hunt for Aaron Donald because they've been spending a lot this offseason. I guess they're getting jealous of Jaguars always uh, taking their people. So. I, I guess the whole AFC or the AFC South is really taking that mindset to just go out and buy all these free agents. Yeah, I know, and I mean, yeah, like we said, you know, Jacksonville after spending the last two off seasons with the most money in free agency, they're still second this year in the amount of money they've spent out, and they're uh, five million behind the leading Jets in free agency money spent. So, I mean, you're talking three years the Jaguars spending all that money, but you're definitely right. Tennessee 
is a really interesting option. I mean, they've already made some solid moves. I like the Dion Lewis acquisition, putting him with Derrick Henry. That's a good combination in your backfield. Malcolm Butler at corner, a solid guy for a, a really improved secondary. Uh, Kevin Bayard this past season was one of the best safeties in football. Um, then you bring in Daquan Jones, um, another young defensive end, and then Josh Klein to improve their offensive line. Tennessee is making some great moves. Um, so that would be an amazing fit for their defense if they were able to bring in uh, Nadama Kungsu. Yeah, and that would be one of the biggest things we talked about the Titans a decent amount on the show. And they're just, they've been such an average team for so long and not really having those stars, standout players. Well, Aaron Donald would, or Adam Kungsu would definitely be a big name player for the Titans to get to mm-hmm. really uh, intrigue people to watch him more first off and then I mean just make their team all around better and I also wanted to say the Saints wouldn't be a bad place for Sue either oh yeah or, I mean that's a that's an emerging defense uh they got Lattimore in the secondary they have some other young talent there and bringing Sue in there to uh really wreak havoc on the defense with Cameron Jordan and everything uh, the Saints already have that offense going up, and Drew Brees wants a Super Bowl. He obviously didn't take the biggest contract that he could have gotten probably from someone else. So if the Saints are looking to make a push, Sue would be a great addition. Yeah, definitely. And I would say that New Orleans um, New Orleans would be a, you know really lucky to have Sue come in. Um, all these teams would, obviously. I think you know New Orleans, that would also catapult them to, you know, got to be Super Bowl favorites in the NFC. There's so many teams that it's so hard to predict, but... I mean, you have New Orleans' great season last year. Um, you know, an NFC championship on the line. You know, one unfortunate play, and you know they're playing with the Eagles for the Super Bowl. Bright young stars all across that roster. Um, the Saints, you know, if they want to throw out that extra money to be like, man, we got to capitalize on this window before Drew Brees is gone. Then you know, maybe they offer more money than the Rams and the Titans do, and they can bring him in. Um, Sue is just great for any team. You know, he's it's an People say that he's got an attitude problem, that he's money-hungry, doesn't really give 100%. Um, With good reason. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, he's he's 31 years old, um, so he, he's he's got some years left in him, and I think you got to make the most of it, and that's why teams are really trying to get him right now. Well, I think the Saints and the Rams, if you're talking about from attitude perspective, I think those are two good teams for Sue to go on. I mean, mm-hmm. the Rams, like we've talked about plenty of time, the team chemistry seemed very well. Sean McVay seems to be very liked at head coach. Uh, they had a great thing going for him last year, and they had a young team, so Donald could come in and kind of – or Sue can come in and be a real leader on that team. And with the Saints, they got Sean Payton and Drew Brees, so I don't think they'll be putting up a lot of crap, even though they did just had a big problem with Adrian Peterson this last season, and we saw yeah. how mm-hmm. stars can clash with them, so – I mean, who knows, but uh, you just don't see this type of talent go on the free agent market every time, and it's going to be interesting how much uh, Aaron Do- or I keep saying Aaron Donald, Dom Kinsu gets on the market this year, because, I mean, he, he can really uh, drive up the price as much as he wants, but if he wants a championship, he'll sign with the, the the Rams or the Saints. Yeah, definitely, and and especially with the Rams, like you said, you know, they love Sean McVay, but on the defensive side, Wade Phillips is a guy that can handle problem players and you know um he brought in a keep to leave this past offseason adding in Nadama Kung Su those are some real personalities can't forget Marcus, Marcus Peters, Peters either yeah, it's about those Marcus are some, Peters still. yeah those are some real personalities that you can deal with but with a guy a seasoned guy like Wade Phillips he'd be able to get them to play to their best ability so I think you know LA's got to be the top spot New Orleans second Tennessee third definitely it'll be interesting to see how that plays out mm-hmm. so on the next one uh 
What do you think about the Eric Ebron signing, and uh, what do you think the Colts should go after next? I know they haven't spent a lot in free agency so far, but this is their first pretty big signing. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I like the signing of Eric Ebron. Um, I wrote up a piece on Stampede Blue once he was, uh, you know, once he signed his contract. Stampede Blue, of course, the SB Nation um, subsection for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Ebron, you know, two years ago, you know, top 15 in catch percentage at the tight end position, um, came alive really the second half of this past season. He had a slow beginning first half to the year, but caught fire, you know, once November started and had finished off with a good season. You know, I like it because, you know, the Colts' whole approach has been patience. And, you know, knowing, you know, having a lot of conversations um, on social media with Colts fans, they're, they're mad that Chris Ballard is taking his time. But at the end of the day, they're not overspending on their guys, and that's what I love about it. I mean, Eric Ebron, to bring him in, 24 years old, can can be a top 12 tight end in this league, top 10 tight end, to only get you know two years, $7.5 million, I love that price for him. Um, Ryan Grant, who he also signed, he, he agreed to a contract in Baltimore for four years and $28 million. We gave him a one-year, $5 million deal. I mean, that's just, yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. That's hilarious. That's perfect. Um, Matt Slauson and Jack Muhort, who we just brought in guards. Slauson a little bit older, Jack Muhort, 26 years old. Um, Combined $4.5 both for those guys. And then we re-signed our cornerback, Pierre Desir. Um, You know, a solid guy for us last year. I don't necessarily need the Colts to... um, go out and spend all this cap space. I think they're doing a brilliant job right now. Um, a slow approach. Chris Ballard is one of the best, you know, has one of the best scout development teams um, in the NFL. And I think that, you know, he had a great draft last year. Um, Malik Hooker, one of the most promising young players from the draft before he tore his ACL. Hopefully he comes back next year uh, ready to ball out. Quincy Wilson, our second round pick, ready to start up into a starting cornerback position. I love that pick. Marlon Mack, um, you know, we're looking to see if we can get that fourth-round pick that we had last year from him to make him our feature back. Um, I really like what the Colts are doing slow, you know, slow approach. They just made that trade with the Jets this past weekend, getting three second-round picks now, um, and they only moved back to six from three in the first round. Um, Chris Ballard knows his college players. He's going to draft the right guys, so I wouldn't, you know, I'm okay with them not spending that much money in free agency because, um, you know, guys get overpaid in free agency. Some of these guys that they had been linked to got paid a lot of money. And, you know, um, you know, in this past free agency, we had the highest paid guard ever, the highest paid tackle ever, the highest paid center ever. Um, so some guys are getting paid money that, you know, I'm not saying they don't deserve. I want, you know, players to get as much money as they can, but from, you know, a management perspective, I don't want to tie up money in a guy that's, you know, 28 years old for five more years when I can draft that guy and see if I can develop him to where we're getting the same uh, level of talent at age 24. Yeah. And there was, there's was two things I wanted to get into before I went into the Ebron. So would you say before the Colts made that trade with the Jets uh, to trade back in the draft, who would you have wanted with that third pick? If you were the Colts, who would you have wanted pretty much? I think you were saying Nick Chubb, right? Yeah, I would have said Nick Chubb if Saquon Barkley wasn't available. Um, I think, you know, Saquon Barkley would have been my number one choice, but Bradley Chubb, definitely. Yeah. So I, I honestly think you probably got a good shot at taking Nick Chubb at where you're at right now. At six, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's perfect for y'all. I think you should have drafted back all the time because you have your franchise quarterback. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a ton of teams that are going to be trying to trade up to get ahead of the Colts because 
or even with the Colts again, you might even trade back again if someone yeah. gives you the right deal. So I think it was a great move for y'all, and I think you'll still get the player you wanted with number six. Exactly. But, um, yeah. yeah. And so, Chris Ballard uh, did a great job with that. Um, just, you know, the fact that the, the Browns and Giants, if they choose to draft a quarterback, the Jets traded up to trade a quarterback, and there might be another team that tries to trade to pick five or to pick four to get a quarterback. So, you know... The top three non-quarterback guys in this draft to me, Saquon Barkley, Quentin Nelson, and Bradley Chubb, one of them is going to be available at pick six. And I love the deal because we were going to get him at three, but now we can get him at six. And we have two extra second round picks this year and an extra second round next year for it. I mean, Quentin Nelson could be there too, and that would not oh, be yeah. a bad pick that'd at all. Amazing. That'd be a great pick. I'd love yeah, it. That'd be great for y'all. I think he will be there too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and also it was question, the Jets are taking number three right now. I I don't know which quarterback they really want, but it's they're taking a risk because they have two teams in front of them that are probably going to take a quarterback, I think, at this point. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. going to be, I mean, they better like three guys because two of them could be gone right then. So I thought it was interesting, and I have, hearing from the news about it and everything, it seemed like they were really, really desperate, so the Colts took advantage of a good opportunity right there. Mm-hmm. But I was also going to say about the Ryan Grant, and once again, I never had a problem with Ryan Grant as a player on the Redskins. I really didn't. He was never bad. He did his job. He never did anything wrong. But he really screwed up by not passing that physical for the Ravens. I mean, costing them that much money and that much guarantees to go from a five-year to a one-year deal or a three-year. I mean, mm. he really did screw up. But um, I also wrote in an article earlier this week, winners and losers from free agency. And the, the Ravens purely got to be on the winner's side because of that Ryan Grant deal falling through and them getting Michael Crabtree for about the same amount of money. And he's the far superior talent. Well, there's, going into, there's an go. investigation going into that because um, he passed his two other physicals. The Ravens came out and said that he failed it. I don't think that he did. Um, yeah. And I think that there's, you know, the NFLPA is going to investigate this and there's probably going to be some repercussions from the Ravens. But what happened is, is that the Ravens made that agreement and they had two days until they could sign that. But in that process, Michael Crabtree got cut and the Ravens looked at themselves and said, hey, we haven't signed this contract yet. There's a much better free agent available that we want. Let's just yeah. say that he failed his physical. So I think, you know, the Ravens might get in some trouble for that. Um, Ryan Grant is healthy. He passed both his other physicals. I think the Ravens just kind of faked. Threw him under the bus. Yeah, much. exactly. Yeah. yeah, and if they did that, then they definitely deserve some repercussions for oh, that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a dirty move, and they oh, yeah, will get – they, they, Yeah, the NFL will come down on them, I think, if they actually did pull this off. Mm-hmm. But going into Eric Ebron, I, I mean, he was such a – he was a strange player for Detroit, in my opinion. I mean, he had such high hopes. He was dra- taken in the first round of the 2014 draft, and he said he could possibly be a top 10, top 12 tight end in this league. And when he was drafted, I'm sure they were thinking that as well. I mean, he has the talent, the size, the speed and everything – I mean, he had a couple good first two years, looked really solid, looked like he was going to become a star, and then he just started playing weird. I mean, it was up and down. I mean, the fans had a super weird relationship with Eric Ebron. Every time he caught yeah. the ball, it wasn't it wasn't cheers that were coming from the section. It was a lot of boos when Eric Ebron got involved in plays and everything. I mean, I, and I think that he really needed to change the scenery, and the Colts are the best place for him. I mean, going from Stafford, who's a great quarterback, to Andrew Luck, uh, probably an even better one when it comes to potential and ceiling. Mm-hmm. I think he's in a good situation. He has Jack Doyle to take some of the pressure off him. That's another good tight end to yeah. really uh, mold him as well. So uh, you get a lot of talent with Ebron and a high ceiling for a tie- for that contract. So I think it was a good move by the Colts. Definitely. And with, for Ebron, you know, having an, another tight end there who was in the Pro Bowl last year, it, you're right, it takes the pressure off. There was too much pressure on Eric Ebron when he was in Detroit because once Calvin Johnson was gone, 
we need, oh, it was like, oh, we need a big-bodied receiver to do everything for us, and, and Ebron couldn't live up to that. He's still only nope. 24 years old, and so I, I love this. Um, the, the catch percentage this past year was a little low, um, only caught 61.6% of his catches, which is not high at all amongst tight ends, um, but that number was, you know, 72% last year, so I'm hoping with Andrew Luck they can get, you know, get some easy things for him. He's not going to pass block. Um, you're not going to get that from him, but that's, you know, where we got Jack Doyle. So, you know, for the Colts, yeah. I think this is more of just, you know, having a big bodied receiver in the middle of the field and hopefully it works out. Well, the one thing with that number too, I mean, I, we think of the best Titans in the league and they get targeted a lot. I mean, still the majority of the league does not have an elite tight end or anything that mm-hmm. is making a bunch of plays. So a lot of Titans are catching dump passes and everything. They were trying to stretch the field with Ebron a lot. And he didn't have the best season. He did drop some balls and he wasn't catching everything. He wasn't running the right routes occasionally. But, I mean, he's he has the potential to be such a good tight end. That's why everybody's had so much hype around him. And that's why they kept trying to feed him the ball. Everybody knows the potential is there. Yeah, so definitely. we'll see if the Colts can get the best out of him. Mm-hmm. Yep. On to our next subject, staying south. Will the Texans be the breakout team of 2018? Texans just signed Tyron Matthew in a free agency. They made a couple other moves. What do you think, Blake? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they've been very active in free agency, I'll say that. I mean, yeah, they have. My favorite signing for them is Aaron Colvin. Um, mm-hmm. he took him from Jacksonville. He'll be their new starting cornerback. Colvin was kind of the third cornerback on that depth chart, and you're not going to get many minutes ahead of you know, A.J. Bouye and Jalen Ramsey. Um, so he's going to have an opportunity to shine. He's 26 years old. Um, that was my favorite signing that they did. They've beefed up the offensive line. They paid Zach uh, Fulton from Kansas City. Senio Calamente from New Orleans at the guard position. Um, brought in tackle Central Henderson from Buffalo. They've been very active, and it, it, they're all young guys. It, you know, from their signings, they've only signed one guy over the age of 30, and that was bringing back Jonathan Joseph. Um so besides that, you know, they're getting young, they're fixing up the defense, especially they brought in a few cheap linebackers, a defensive end. Um, and then you mentioned the honey badger, you know, on a one year, $7 million deal. Um, could they be the breakout team of next year in an AFC South that is, or in an AFC that is kind of up for grabs, in my opinion, um, you, you know, the NFC, everyone could have a breakout year there besides Arizona, in my opinion. Every team in the NFC um, outside of Arizona and, you know, maybe even Seattle at this point, but I can never doubt Russell Wilson. But, you know, the AFC isn't like that. You've got the Patriots getting old. Um, you've got Pittsburgh, Jacksonville. Besides that, there there's plenty of room for teams to come up and surprise us. And so I'm not going to say it's far-fetched for the Houston Texans possibly getting back, you know, a, a healthy Deshaun Watson to really take this yeah. league by storm, um, it's it's really interesting, and they, they should have a, a much better year next uh, season. Yeah, I mean, the thing was, I mean, this team was being super hyped up when Deshaun Watson first started playing last year. Oh, it looks great. Lighting up the scoreboard, that's what I'm saying. And for years, this team was built off defense, and they still have those playmakers on that defense. They just got injured was the problem. They can't mm-hmm. stay healthy. I mean, if they get one season where Clowney and Watt and Merciless and now Matthews on the field, Jonathan Joseph has been good for a long time, but uh, he may have taken a step back last year, but still, he's still a quality player. If they can all stay healthy with Deshaun Watson leading the charge, and if he has Will Fuller back and he still has DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, this team could be very dangerous. And we can say that about a lot of teams, but 
this is one of these teams that I just really want to see stay healthy for one season to truly see what we got out of them because there's a lot of hype around the Texans a lot of time for the past couple years, but mm-hmm. we just haven't seen it all on the field at once. Yeah, and there's so much potential. And, and I think where they got to go in this year's draft early on, offensive line help, I think, you know, if you go um, – Oh, they don't have their first round pick, but if you go second round and you maybe take a tackle, um, I think they'd still they'd still definitely need you know a left tackle in my opinion. You know they traded away uh, Dwayne Brown, you know they're possibly their only good offensive lineman at the time, but I think they need to address the offensive line in the draft, um, the tight end position. I like Fedorowicz. I think there are better guys that you can get instead of him, um, and then running back. Uh, to me, Lamar Miller isn't cutting it out. Um, they drafted Dante Foreman. You know, maybe he has a, a better second year than he did this past season. Um, but if they can address that, maybe get a mid-round flyer on um, the running back position, get a solid tight end, and, you know, improve the offensive line, they have all the makings of, of you know, challenging Jacksonville for that AFC South. Oh, they definitely do. And I think that the Texans haven't cut Lamar Miller yet, have they? Or no, they, I think he's still they there. They haven't? Well, he's still there. I know they were, like, thinking about it and everything. I mean... They have Deontay Foreman there who had a couple good games. I know he went down with an injury eventually, but I, the Texans definitely have holes on their team, but they have such talent at other positions that I, I just think they're one of those teams that can go either way next year, and we've seen it for a while now. I mean, they could go 4-12 and 12 next year, or they could be one of those teams that comes out of nowhere and goes 13-3 and three somehow. I don't know about it in that division and everything, but it's just putting it out there. If they play well enough, they have the potential to be a very good team. Mm-hmm, definitely. I mean, and – Definitely. I mean, the South has really just come out of nowhere in the past couple of years. I mean, it's so I wouldn't upsetting. say out of nowhere, but it, I know, I know. It, it is kind of oh, upsetting for you. I understand that. That makes me so but, mad. Yeah. You're, you're getting a little taste of the NFC East, what I have to deal with every year. I mean, right. every year it seems like the teams are just, it, it's a toss-up. And, you know, I know you don't appreciate it, but it's a little fun, you know. Once the Colts start getting back into it, then it'll be a little fun. Hey, who's got, what's going to happen? You don't have to, you don't have to rely on six wins from your division every year. So, uh, I think it's a good thing for the South to have this happen. Yeah, it's definitely good for all those other teams, and you know, it, it, it's it's NFL great competition. It's great competition to have. You know, potentially, you know, you have three up and coming teams um, like the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Texans, and the Titans. Who the Titans are also going to be a sneaky team next year. Um, yep. I love the signings they've made this past off season. Um, Marcus Mariota, if he can take that next step, you saw uh, who was their. Rookie wide receiver Cody. Nope. Oh, Lat- not Latimore. What the uh, hell is his name? Yeah, I know. Uh, Corey out. Corey. Isn't Corey Davis? Corey Davis. Right. There we go. Yep. Corey Davis. Um, he came alive in that Patriots game. That maybe that's a breakout party for him, and he takes it off to Lenny Walker, top top tight end in this league. The AFC South is very competitive. I wouldn't, you know, be surprised honestly if if the Colts are last in the division again next year. Um, but like you, we were talking about Houston, they got to stay healthy so we can see this, but they can they have all the makings of, you know, taking the AFC by storm. It's definitely great to see when the, the Titans versus Jaguars now an actually exciting Right? Game. Yeah, people know, want I to mean, watch I it. I remember uh, people just trashing Thursday night football, the Titans and Jaguars. Nobody wanted to watch it for years. Oh, I now, never watched it. Yeah, yeah nobody wanted I, I might have watched it because Blake Bortles is my fantasy quarterback. He's a garbage time for a little <laughs> bit. But, like, besides that, nobody really was watching the games. But no. uh, it's it's now a good matchup, which is good to see. Mm-hmm. On to our next subject. So, do a couple fun ones here. Who is the current best team in the NFC looking at the rosters? Uh, I'll let you go ahead and take this one first. The best team in the NFC. Drum roll, please. It is the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia oh, Eagles. Oh, standard. 
it, it, it's still them. It's it's oh, still it's... the Eagles. I mean, you've got the best defensive line probably in football. You brought in Michael Bennett to add to Fletcher Cox. I mean, that front seven is unbelievable. Um, probably still the best, if not the top two offensive line in football. They've got amazing guys at, at guard, tackle, and center. Um, you've got, I mean, they lost LeGarrette Blount. Or LeGarrette Blount hasn't signed anywhere yet, has he? He hasn't signed anywhere. He, I don't think so. Let's see. I know he was I'll meeting with He was meeting with Detroit. Oh, no, he did sign with Detroit. So uh-huh. Blunt, Blunt is gone with the Lions um, now, but they've still got, who else they've still got at running back? You know, Jay Ajayi is still around there. Corey Clement, I think, is going to take a big step. Um, yeah, they lost Trey Burton. Let's see. Who else? Um, what else is there to say about that? I mean, they've got, you know, the MVP favorite if he's healthy, Carson Wentz. I mean, he, yeah. he got last year's MVP with them. Um, you know, I'd like to see them still improve the secondary. I feel like I've been saying that for a while now. Uh, let's see. What's, what signings did they made? Oh, I thought what was big for them was bringing back uh, Nigel Bradham. Um, outside linebacker for them. Yeah, they had to pay him, you know, five years, $40 million, but that was a big piece to bringing back their um, their front seven. Um, Haloti Nada at, at D-tackle, yep. you know, it's another solid guy bringing in an inside linebacker from Denver. I mean, they just seem to have some really good talent on the defensive side. Um, it's still the Philadelphia Eagles. They're the best team in the NFC, um, if not in all of football. I mean... I hate to admit it, but, I mean, you're right. There's no denying it right now. The talent is just ridiculous on the team. I mean, they have a Super Bowl MVP as their backup quarterback now, which is even more disheartening as a Redskins fan. But um, I have to say, you remember a couple years ago, I don't know, it was, it was years ago when Michael Bick was at the helm, and they were saying about Philadelphia creating the super team and how they would be unstoppable for a while. Do you remember those, like, rumors that it was an offseason? They had Sean Jackson, LaShawn, and everything like that. Oh, yeah. The Eagles would run away with it. Mm-hmm. Well, this is actually the freaking super team right now, and they actually have a Super Bowl to back that up. Right. So, I, I'm yeah, I'm I'm worried about the Eagles now. Their team is going to be ridiculous next year if they can stay healthy, which is always a big thing in the NFL. We always talk about these super teams, but can they stay healthy is the biggest question with this team right now. But I will say, like we were talking about earlier, if the Rams can sign Aaron Donald, or they can sign Adam Sue, <laughs> they will be... Just uh, just as good as the Eagles, I think. I think they can they can compete with them, and I think that it's going to be one two in the NFC. Those two teams right there. I mean, they have these two teams are. I think they're far and away better than a lot of the NFC teams right now. Yeah, um, you know, if you look at the other teams in that uh, in the NFC, I mean, you think about who was there late in the playoffs. I mean, the the Minnesota Vikings, um, they got better. I'd say they did with get Kirk better. Cousins. Uh, I mean, yeah. that's that's a great addition. Um, I still don't like their depth in the front seven. They did bring in Sheldon Richardson, which is great. Uh, that's a great sign to get him on a one-year deal for cheap. So, you know, Minnesota to me is still up there um, with the Rams, I'd say. I have them in kind of behind Philadelphia, the Rams and Vikings. Um, you know, another team, you know, New Orleans is still up there. You know, their rookies should get better. If they have another strong rookie class coming again, who knows, you know, what that team could look like. Um, but I got to say, I mean, you just, you know, football games – one in the trenches, you know, the Super Bowl last year was one in the trenches. You, you've got the amazing offensive line, the amazing defensive line. That's how Philadelphia won with Nick Foles as their quarterback. Um, getting Carson Wentz back, you know, they should 
you know, they're the best team in the NFC, in my opinion. Yeah, I, that is. I mean, you look at every single spot that checks off as a good football team, and they check it off. They really mm-hmm. do. Yeah. And I, just, just a simple question for you right now. Would you say the Rams are better than the Jaguars at this point? Would you Would you Ooh. like to say bet on the roster? I mean, because I think I think they are, and I've thought that for a while, but you didn't really agree with me during the regular season. But <laughs> are they better? Do the Am I saying that they have Nadama Kung Su? No, no, not all right. If they haven't Dom Kinsu, I think it's clear the Rams. Yeah. But the rosters <laughs> right now, I dude, I'm still gonna take. I'm still gonna take Jacksonville. Let's see. I knew you. I knew you would. Like I just, and, I just wanted to confirm it. To yeah, you. I think, I think comparing those two teams, and that's really interesting because you know if the Rams are in the AFC, you know they're they're probably you know getting close to the AFC championship game, if not more than that. Um, mm-hmm. I like, let's see, looking at the teams, you know, the Rams traded away Alec Ogletree. Um, so I'd say the Jaguars have the advantage on the linebacking position. Um, while the Jags do have, or while the Rams do have Aaron Donald, um, the front four for Jacksonville, I think, is better. And then I still think Jalen Ramsey's the number one corner in football. A.J. Bouye, I say, is top seven corner in football. Um, Marcus Peters and the Akeem Tlaib combination. Oh, that's a filthy too. combination. I just, you know, Akeem Tlaib's getting up there in age. Um, he is. And, oh, man, you know, that's a real tough one. I'm still going to stick with Jacksonville, but it is a really interesting conversation because, I mean, um, Todd Gurley is amazing. Leonard Fournette is amazing. You know, the receiving core, I think, in um, the receiving core in Los Angeles is better and the quarterback is better in Los Angeles too. So that's a really interesting debate, you know. Those two teams, you know, are preparing to become, you know, the faces of the NFL. Yeah, well, I think we'll have to maybe dedicate a whole show to debating which team is better by the end of the year oh, or by yeah, the definitely. start of next season or whatever. But I will go on to the AFC. Who, who is the best who is the best team in the AFC? And I'll go ahead and start with this one and I just went over it, but I think it's either the Chiefs or the Jaguars right now for me. You're talking from a Whoa. talent standpoint, at least. I really do. I don't think it's the Patriots right now. We've talked about how much they've lost in the offseason so far, and I've said many times I think they'll recover, but I'm looking at it right now, and I like the Jaguars and Chiefs have the most mm. uh, talent. Uh, specifically going with the Chiefs, I mean, getting Eric Barry back, that can't be stated enough how much, how huge that will be for them. Yeah. And then they get Sammy Watkins. I think he's going to be a bigger addition than people think. I'm actually thinking that he might have a breakout season if Mahomes starts playing well. <laughs> and as I said, Mahomes, it's all going to depend on Mahomes. We've said it for weeks. I know you believe in him. I still have questions. We'll see what happens. But the Chiefs right now are looking like a very talented roster and could be a very big player. And they made the push. They got rid of Alex Smith and put in the more risky Mahomes, so we'll see what goes on there. Yeah, that's so interesting. I did not, I was actively shocked that you mentioned the Kansas City Chiefs, Um, but you know, they have been strong in free agency, and they were a good team last year. Um, You know, bringing Sammy Watkins, maybe a little overpaid, but we we don't, you know, we already talked about that a little. Anthony Hitchens, solid um, addition from Dallas at the inside linebacker position. Uh, D'Anthony Thomas keeping him back, Um, adding in Dustin Colquitt at punter. Um, I, you know, I don't think the Chiefs are the second best team in the AFC, and I know this, this will probably be the only time I ever bag on him, but Pat Mahomes has only played one NFL game. Oh, oh. He's played one game. Um, so for me to say, you know, with a game on the line and I've got the Patriots and the, and the Chiefs, I'm, I'm going to take Pat Mahomes over it. No, I'm going to take, 
I'm going to take the Patriots. I think, you know, if you're looking at talent-wise, and I guess that's, you know, the big that's thing about this. Yeah, is, is, yeah, it's who's more talented. Um, I'm going to take New England still just simply because of um, how their scheme affects their talent. Um, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of – I mean, the Chiefs' defensive scheme, they get torched sometimes. The Patriots, I mean, they got torched in the Super Bowl, but no one's ever played them like that before. Um I'd still would take, you know, the Patriots over the Chiefs, but I mean, it wouldn't be an episode of Goal to Go if we if I didn't get to talk about the Jaguars. Um yeah, so, you know, got to talk about them, the best team, the most talented team in football. I'm putting my money right there, they're the most talented team Again. in all of football. Again. There we go. They're the okay. best team in football. I'm not even saying just AFC anymore. I I I think they're the best team all around and you know, shout out to Shad Khan and their management, they are throwing money all over the place. So after spending money the past two off-seasons to, you know, make the best defense maybe in NFL history, they go out and they get the best offensive lineman available, Andrew Norwell from Carolina, 26 years old. You get him for five years. You let Allen Robinson walk. I love that. He was going to ask for too much. Coming off an ACL, I get it. He's a young guy, but he wasn't, you know, he isn't that... Uh, isn't that necessary for the team who has young receivers like young receivers, bringing back Marquise Lee. I love that deal. Um, bring in Dante Moncrief on a one-year deal, a little too expensive. Um, the Colts were not going to offer him 10 million a year for sure. Um, but he's 24 years old. Great 50, 50 ball guy. Let's see. Let's look at their other signings. Um, bring in Niles Paul at tight end. Austin Safarian Jenkins at tight end, who was with the Jets last year. I mean, Austin Safarian Jenkins had a great season last year with the Jets is only 25 years old. They just cut Alan Hearns and Mercedes Lewis, so it tells you what you think they think about these new guys they're bringing in. Um, DJ Hayden at cornerback that fills in that third cornerback role that Colvin had, who's now in Houston. Um, all in all, this is just this is the perfectly built team to have a terrible quarterback for. You've got you've got a great offensive line. You've got solid play at running back, receiver, and you have a defense that will keep the offense off the field. It, it's perfect. It's the perfect setup, and you know what's even more perfect? The Jags don't have any holes, and they're going to take a quarterback in the first round. I would be absolutely shocked if Jacksonville does not take a quarterback in the first round. And, you know, with with looking at what quarterback might fall to them, fall to the 20s, it's looking Lamar Jackson. I absolutely I mean, love that. I, I think, think the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars are gonna have to trade up if they're going for Lamar. Right? I think I don't. I, do. I think they might have to move up a little, but he seems to be falling and seems to be everyone's quarterback five, which is well, shocking I, to I me. I think he's. I, I think he's slept that, yeah. on too much, um, because I, every every NFL scout or every NFL that's connected, every guy that's connected to a team is saying Sam Darnold's the best quarterback in this league, which. You know, we've talked about it before. Sam Darnold is not the best quarterback in this draft class. Um, and neither is Josh Rosen, in my opinion. Um, I, I have I think Lamar Jackson is better than both of them. But the way that NFL teams operate is by what their guys evaluate. And if they evaluate Sam Darnold and Rosen as one and two, Lamar Jackson is going to fall. Um, and, you know, if the Jags get Lamar Jackson... They're going to be Super Bowl champions. They should have been oh. Super Bowl champions with... So you think, you think Lamar Jackson will become the starter pretty quick? Oh, I think he'll become the starter Game 7. Game 7? This is this is great. This is great. You're putting some very, very bold predictions. We, we haven't even seen the draft yet, 
but Blake is proclaimed I, that I think if Hart Jackson will be the weeks. I mean, if this happens, then you're a guru. And we I have, think we have to record this little specific bit of the episode and play it every week. Oh, definitely. I think that if any, if the Jacksonville Jaguars take a quarterback in the first, first or second round of this year's draft, they'll be starting over Blake Bortles by week eight. I just have to think, I mean, the Jaguars gave this deal to Blake Bortles to make him happy, make him paid, give him one or two years to see if he can make any developments, and if not, they're going to move on with their next quarterback, and I think they're getting that next quarterback this year. I think that Blake Bortles will still find a way to struggle with this amazing team around him because he is that bad at his job that they're going to take the rookie in there, and the rookie is is going to make them so much better, no matter who it is. Um, If it's Josh Allen. You know, that's an immediate improvement for me. If it's Lamar Jackson, immediate. Uh, Baker Mayfield, if he somehow fell. You know, this is all with the Jags, you know, maybe trading up to take any of those. If they had any of these top five quarterbacks on their team, they're a much better team than they are right now. I think they're going to have to trade up if they're going to get Lamar Jackson. I mean, I just think the quarterbacks are going to fall very quickly in this Oh, round. yeah. I think, I think the first three might go off one, two, three. I really do. And I, if that happens and teams start freaking out, they trade up. I mean, other teams like the Cardinals – uh, Denver even, there's a lot of teams that could still take a quarterback, and if they think it's right, I mean, we saw it last year with the Chiefs. The Chiefs surprised a lot of people by trading up super mm-hmm. far to go get Patrick Mahomes, and yeah, that seems like that's going to be their future. So if a team likes a quarterback well enough, if the Jaguars truly fall in love with Lamar Jackson, then they will trade up to make sure that they get that talent. Because, like you said, they are just trying to make Blake Portals happy, and I, I'm no big fan of Blake Portals either. We've been over this multiple times. We both think he's a solidly below average quarterback. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the only th- position they're missing. That's all they're missing. It's sad to see it. So, yeah, and, we'll see and, what ha- <laughs> and you know, looking at the teams that are, you know, trading up, like you mentioned, um, Arizona, uh, Buffalo, Miami is, like, really stuck on taking Baker Mayfield. But I don't think that's possible. Um, they'd have to trade up ahead of the Jets. I don't find that very likely. I think if if the if Baker Mayfield is available at three, I think the Jets are taking him. But um, it's going to be really tough. Jacksonville will have to trade up to get one of those guys. But you know, maybe even my quarterback six, Mason Rudolph. Um, my quarterback sleeper of the draft, Kyle Law, led it from Richmond. If the Jaguars snag up, all right, I'll, I'll broaden it to those seven. Oof. If they take if they take one of the top five. Or Mason Rudolph or Kyle Lalletta, they'll be a better team with them at quarterback than Blake Bortles. That is, see, you That's are bold. I'm, that I'm is throwing it out there. Bold. You all right? Look, Blake, Blake's hatred for Blake Bortles has just grown with every week. I think because I mean, I think at the beginning of the year we were like Blake Bortles is a solid below average starter. We're thinking like 22, 23. Now, now Blake is saying that. Blake Bortles isn't even better than the top five, top six, top seven quarterbacks in this year's draft. So uh, that's incredible. So that that's very bold statements. And I, I would love to see in a year, we'll go back to this episode specifically and see if all these things work out. I, I'll put my money where my mouth is. Maybe I just hate him because he shares, he's the more, more famous Blake. And that's I'm saying more it. famous. I'm, I'm not famous I'm at all. A hint of jealousy. In, hint in of jealousy. Voice. I wanted to be yeah. the, the big famous Blake one day, but, uh, yeah, I just I I think he's even one of the if he was a backup quarterback, he'd be one of the worst backup quarterbacks in the league. We need I, to start him. <laughs> I called for Chad Henney to start I know by the did. end of the season. I thought I that he would have been better for that team, but you know, obviously Tom, when you draft a guy at number 3, management is going to want to stick by that guy. Um 
That's why teams oh, yeah. wanted. I mean, your Redskins wanted to stick around with oh, RG three for so long and not give see, Kirk Cousins the time to shine. It it, it happens though. It, let's it unfortunately not even happens. Them. Yeah, <laughs> I thought we were gonna get through an episode without having to talk to the Redskins. So. Oh, I thought you were gonna pick uh, them as the best team in the NFC. No, honestly, <laughs> I almost I almost picked the the Forty ers because Jimmy Garoppolo, but we didn't go that far. Hey, so I mean, you got to say his name in the podcast. Though. I did. Honestly, I've been thinking about it the entire time. I was like, I should have mentioned him when we were going over best teams in the <laughs> NFC, but I got it in at the end there. And that's good enough for me. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this bell wraps it up for this week. Uh, lots of bold statements going on here. Uh, be sure to check us out on Pure Sports Network. Anything uh, to add on, Blake? Yeah, follow Pure Sports NFL on Twitter. Um, email us at... Uh, I just gave you the email. What was it, Connor? You just gave me the email? I gave you the oh, email I gotta pull, the other I gotta day. I got to put it up there. I have it here somewhere. Uh, PureSportsNFL at gmail.com. Uh, if you have any comments, you know, we'll love to read comments off from the podcast, but uh, keep listening, keep enjoying some football. It's going to be a great off season. We're just getting started. A lot of draft talk, I'm sure, over the next uh, month now. We're almost at the month point. We got yeah. about five weeks till the draft, so it's exciting. It definitely is. All right, y'all. We'll catch you next week. Yep, take care.